Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And Heavenly Father, take residence in our hearts. Be born in us today. May we, through all of the words, hear your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So you know the story, but it's Christmas time, and I have to tell it again and again and again. (laughs) And I love doing it. So... An angel came to Mary, whatever that means, and said, the Spirit will overshadow you. And you're going to become pregnant, even though you have no knowledge whatsoever of a man. Even though they're pretty easy to understand, you have no knowledge of a man. (laughs) And she was betrothed to Joseph. Somewhere along the line, she told Joseph... She was pregnant, but Joseph, it's by the Holy Spirit. As if they didn't know how babies came into the world. Joseph heard this, and I, my own personal imagination, think that he, like George Bailey, went to Martini's bar, Martino's bar, and ordered a double. (laughs) And um, really did not know what to do, but he made a decision to hang in. Rather than have her be isolated off and to bear the reproach of that small community, all of whom know each other and know everything about each other, rather than allow her alone to bear the reproach, he essentially stood in front of her and bore the reproach for her so that she might go through the process of gestation. And then as the time of birth was approaching, some bureaucrat from Washington, uh, pardon me, from Rome, (laughs) declared that there was going to be a tax and that everyone had to register for this tax, and that meant they had to go to their, their hometown, their home of origin, meaning where their family had emerged. Now, for me, that would be going all the way back to Spokane, Washington. For Joseph, that meant going all the way down about 70 miles south to Bethlehem. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the second chapter of Luke. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first sentence taken before Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to to register for this 
to register for this sentence. (laughs) And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. Betrothed, good as married, and when they got to town, as we all know, there was no room. And it's not that there was no room in the local motels. There was no room for them among their own extended families. This event, this pregnancy, was known by that community. And later on in in Jesus' ministry, it was brought up. Brought up in rather obtuse ways, but it was brought up as a smear against Jesus. So people knew, and Jesus was born into a situation that was not normal. It was, it was beneath normal. It was lower than normal. And Joseph had to make some tough decisions. And let me suggest that the decisions he made demonstrate what a real man looks like. Anyone could run away. Anyone could step aside to save his own skin, to save his own reputation. I wonder how the conversation went with his friends when they said to him, well, Joseph, it was either you or one of these Roman soldiers around here or someone else in this community. And and Joseph then would have to turn and say, no, this was an act of God. This was the Holy Spirit. And silly as it sounds, that was the story and he was sticking to it. But the reality is, he was standing with the truth, even though the truth was incredibly unpopular and unacceptable to anyone. So he stood as a man to protect this woman he loved and the baby she bore. We have to ask, why why did Mary even need a husband? I thought that a man needs a woman like a fish needs a bicycle. (laughs) And why did Mary even need a husband? Why? When she's related to God as she is, having having God give her this child without human agency, why does she need a man at all? And maybe that's not a very acceptable question to be asking. We, We live in a time where those core central relationships of man and woman in marriage and the bearing of children seem to be so disposable, so 
so unnecessary. Back in 1965, the Congress passed a bill that would, would basically replace the fathers of the homes with regular income to the household, and that household was essentially rewarded if there was no father in the house. Aid to dependent children. I remember how upset my dad was when my sister became pregnant under those circumstances. And, and they, she started getting money, and dad said, no way. None of this. So why couldn't Mary simply say, well, God is my husband, and let the government take care of her? Isn't that the marital system we often see today? Isn't that the birthing system we often see today? Well, how well is that working? Well, you know how well that's working. It's not working well. Jesus needed a father in the house. Children need fathers and mothers. It's so fundamental, it should go without saying. But that central core relationship is absolutely necessary, and the responsibility of the man is to take the reproach, to bear up, to let people think all kinds of things about him to protect that woman and that child. Well, but that's so paternalistic, Pastor. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with a man stepping up, protecting his wife, particularly at a time when she is so vulnerable, and a child who is so absolutely, completely dependent. When I was a kid, we drove through Yellowstone National Park, and I was just so touched. As we drove along, there were elk on the side of the road, and back on the pasture were the cows with the baby elks, the little ones. Even they knew to set up a perimeter to protect the herd. So what's wrong with men doing that? Simply saying, okay, this is, this is the child I'm going to have. I'm going to make sure that this child is okay. I'm going I'm to do whatever I have to do to make provision and to protect this child. And this mother, everything, whatever I have to do. That's what Joseph did. He bore the reproach and he stood with the truth of the situation. He didn't cave to pressure to say, well, just, Joseph, just admit it. The easy thing for him to do would be to simply say, yeah, yeah, it was me. But instead he stood not just to protect and and preserve, but he stood also to, to speak the truth. That truth which was a conception that occurred once in all of human history. 
That conception, which gave rise to Jesus the Son, who was ontologically different than all the rest of us. For he was fully man and fully God. And so the, the requirement that they travel to Bethlehem, they go south. Now, Mary could have stayed behind, I would suppose. I mean, she was having trouble sleeping because the baby was getting so large inside of her. And she could have stayed home with mom and, and the other women in the community and, and just had, had her birth there. But Joseph took her, took her with him, perhaps so that he might, he might be there when this took place, that he might be what he was called upon to be, and that is to make sure that she was okay to provide and to protect this, this dear wife of his. G.K. Chesterton writes a poem about Joseph. And it's a little difficult. I'll, I'll read it slowly. It's a little difficult to grasp because of the way Chesterton writes. But it speaks of his overwhelming love for Mary. If the stars fell, night's nameless dreams of bliss and blasphemy came true. If skies were green and snow was gold, and you loved me as I loved you. Oh, long, light hands, the curled brown hair and eyes where sits a naked soul. Dare I even then draw near and burn my fingers in the aerial? Yes, in the one wise, foolish hour, God gives this strange strength to a man. He can demand, though not deserve, where ask he cannot, seize he can. But once blood's wild wedding is o'er, we're not dread his half-dark desire to see the Christ child in the cot, the Virgin Mary by the fire. This captures the deep passion this man has for this woman, looking at her in her magnificent beauty, knowing he is absolutely unworthy, undeserving of this woman. And so he is, he is going to do, he's willing to do whatever it takes to provide and to protect. I had an incident when I was a kid I know I was out in the front yard, but I don't remember the context at all. Even though context means everything. Context explains everything. And so we have to know the context to make a good explanation. But I don't remember the context of the situation at all. What I do remember is that at one point, and there was some, obviously somebody had come, I was playing out front, and somebody had come onto the lawn and was talking to me or something. I don't even remember that. What I remember was dad stormed out the front door. He came out and faced this man off and said, you get out of here. 
That's all I remember. What I remember is that he did it. He protected his boy, protected his home, protected mom, my sisters, and my brother. Very simple. And men are supposed to do what they have to do, even at the sacrifice of their own lives, to protect and to provide. That's why Jesus needed an at-home father. Because some things are just taught to us for Jesus on that human side. Some things we learn, we don't, we aren't necessarily born with it. We learn those things. And Jesus needed a man who would be an example to him because Jesus would then one day speak the truth and bear the reproach of the whole world on himself. Will you join me in prayer? And dear Father, thank you for doing it the way you did it. It does seem a strange way to save the world. But Lord, perhaps that is why it is such a good way. Why it is a way that has its full effect even to save our own souls. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.